Coming up next, it's Natalie Cutler-Welsh with her show, Up Your Brave. Community, connections, holistic health, and more on RCR. Reality Check Radio. Happy Wednesday, everybody. You are listening to Natalie Cutler-Welsh here on the Up Your Brave show on Reality Check Radio. Thank you so much for joining me. I imagine maybe you are, like me, adjusting to the new time of Wednesday. (laughs) And I also invite you to join me on Friday afternoon, 1 to 4. If you haven't already, tune in for the weekly wrap-up where I get to shine the light on my co-hosts, Marie, Paul, Jerry, Cam, Diwa, Don, Jaspreet, (laughs) and share information and also some audio clips on what we covered this week on Reality Check Radio. I know there's so many interviews. It is hard to keep up. I totally get it. But if you tune into my new show, you'll get a little taste for everything. And personally, I would love to invite you to dabble in a different show. I don't want you to leave mine, of course, but please go ahead this week if you're up for it um, or next week and just tune in to one of the shows you haven't heard before because there's some incredible content and incredible guests that everyone's got for you every week. Um, Myself, I am getting ready to pack my bags and I'm heading up north to the Kerry Kerry area to the New Earth NZ Festival. Some of you may have heard my interview a few weeks back with Basha Meyer, who is one of the organizers of this incredible event. I will be emceeing, I will be presenting, and I'm really excited to just connect in person. So if you're going to be there, definitely let me know. Maybe reach out to me on social media, Up Your Brave, and we can meet up in person because I do love meeting Align and Awesome People. Speaking of Align and Awesome People, I am so happy that I've just launched my um, eighth Empowered Connections Club, which is um, these little networking clubs that I've got incredible women leading, and also a man actually, leading across New Zealand. Uh, With a few more launching soon, you can have a look up yourbrave.com. If you are a business owner, this is a great opportunity to connect with align like-minded, heart-centered business owners, uh, coaches, healers, speakers, authors, etc. for in-person networking connections for expansive impact in your life and business. So speaking of expansive impact, today on the Up Your Brave show, I'm so thrilled to be bringing you four amazing people who are having incredible impact in their own way. I've got two interview guests, followed by, what I haven't done for a while actually, is followed by a sneak peek and a flashback as well. So first up, I've got Sandy Leo, who is a Czech practitioner and exercise coach on Aging Well and Elderly Rest Home Care Exposed. Following that, I'm talking to Rebecca Davison, who is an intuitive guide, spiritual mentor, and founder of the Intuitive Life Academy. We are going to be talking about aligning with the divine to live on, to live as your soul desires. Following that, oh, we'll also have music, of course, because every of my guests, every one of my guests requests a song, which I love to bring you. Um, And following that, I'm going to share with you a sneak peek from what is coming up next week. I've got a returning guest, Lisa Black, is coming back next week to share with us how to do less to earn more. But the sneak peek I'm going to share with you today is myself talking to Tanya Krevchenko all about financial literacy and mindset. So we'll give you a little uh, audio clip of that. And following that, I've got an audio clip prepared for you, which is my flashback 
where I'm talking to Peter Pham, who is a human rights specialist lawyer based in Australia. And if you missed that interview, you can catch it on the replay page. And we're going to be talking about upholding and defending and advocating for the truth. It's an incredible interview, and I'm excited to share a little glimpse with you today. Something else I'm excited to invite you to is I decided to create a little giveaway on my Facebook page and Instagram. You can check it out. This is in honor of the upcoming International Women's Day. I'm going to be giving away, well, three winners, and I've got three different prizes. The first one is my very first book that I published. This is a parenting book. So this is ideal for you if you've got a child age zero to five whether it's your first, second, third, or fourth child. This is my book, which is co-authored with my friend Jackie Lockington, and it's called If Only They Told Me, All the Things You Wish You'd Been Told from Pregnancy to Starting School. Some of you may not have known that I started my career, I guess, as a parenting author. The second prize uh, that I've got is a another book, but this is for the business people in the audience. Um, this is a compilation where I write one chapter, and there's many other authors as well. There's about uh, seven other authors. It's for the Her Story issue. And my topic is how to maximize your superpower to grow your business. So there you go. And the third prize is a lovely essential oil blend called Adaptive, which is amazing to help keep you calm and help you sleep and just stay a little bit chill during these interesting times. You guys can go ahead and either send a text with your name and email address to 2057 or uh, you can go ahead and find the posts on social media and enter that way as well. Let's go to the mailbag and hear what our listeners have to say. And from our mailbag this week, first up, I've got a, quite a long one here, but I did ask permission to read it in full. This is from Trish Golter. And she says, good morning, Natalie. I've just listened to your interview with Erica Whittem from Number 8 Wire. I joined Number 8 Wire last year as I'm seeking help with my case against previous NGO employer who terminated me on the 15th of November, 2021. During that very traumatic and sad time, I also lost my father who died suddenly in South Africa. I could not travel due to not taking the jab. And my employer at the time tossed me out the back door with absolutely no support or empathy. At the time, I had my wonderful daughter, Holly, completing her last year at Nelson Girls School, where she was deputy head girl. She also was shut out of her friendship group. So sad, isn't it? And end of year celebrations due to not being jabbed. My wonderful son, Max, was also kicked out of university and kicked off one of the well-known Canterbury rugby teams due to not choosing the jab. Okay, side note, your kids are total legends. All right, back to the mailbag. The financial stress on our family has been huge. I've had to withdraw most of my KiwiSaver to keep our heads above water. I'm a counselor by trade, and I've dedicated my life to supporting and helping others with mental health issues. That is what I did in my previous job that I trained for in my early 40s. I send this to you not to look for sympathy. However, I believe when we share our stories, we help others to have the courage to share their voices. I am a truth and justice seeker living in beautiful Nelson and will not give up until justice has prevailed for my family. Good on you. I can't thank you enough at RCR Radio for giving us all the voice. You are truly wonderful. A group of terminated health workers like myself started a group called VISN, Vaccine Impacted Support Network. We've been running an outreach table now for more than three years, incredible, outside the Nelson Market on Saturdays. 
It has been incredible supporting people at the table where we listen to their stories of grief and loss. I am happy to share my story if it will help others. Interestingly enough, I work with clients who have suffered a tremendous amount of trauma. Going through it myself has taught me so much. Trish. Well, thank you, Trish, number one, for being so transparent, for being so vulnerable, for the incredible work you're doing at that table for three years. And I do think people, as more and more people realized how they have been lied to and misled, we, so many of us, are going to need to hold space, meaning be there to listen and not judge, and just hold space for people as they come to realizations, as the dominoes start to fall or their eyes start to open a bit wider. So thank you for everything you've done, Trish, and thank you so much for writing in. Another person here writes in, great discussions today, Nat. Thank you. No problem. We also had a few um, comments on the socials. So here's one. From Belinda, Belinda Falconer, great interview and takeaways. That was regarding my interview with Julie Blowen a few weeks back as well. Thank you, Diane Anderson, who writes in, Hi, Natalie. I love your show and guests. I love how open and understanding you are and how you let your guests open up and say how they really feel. I don't like it when a guest comes on and they talk too much about vaccine injury. A little is okay. I don't agree with how the government handled COVID either. I am surrounded by many like-minded people. The only reason I don't like too much talk about the vaccine is like when I was raising my children and trying not to say to them too much that life was easier when I was a child or you cannot do what I could do at your age, etc. Stopping them from being free. I have this view that some people were happy with the choice that they made and some were not, and some felt that they had no choice. But as humanity evolves, we have to move on. There is already lots of other life challenges that are stopping us from being light and free. Keep up the good work, Diane Anderson. Thank you, Diane, for your beautiful message. Reminder, we love to get your mail, your thoughts, your reflections, what you love, also what you don't love, guest suggestions, song requests, and more. You can send us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. People are struggling to have conversations and connect with others that they don't completely agree with on every topic. And I think that's probably the biggest problem that we need to try and solve is how after all this division and after all this separation, do we end up bringing people together again? And what does unity really look like? New Zealand faces some pretty big issues. First one is COVID in the aftermath. There's no getting away from that. Second is racial division. It's being ginned up and it's dangerous. Another issue that maybe people haven't got their head around yet is digital currency. What form does that take? Is it programmable? Will it be used to manipulate behavior and patterns of behavior? Those questions need to be asked and answered. How can you have fair, open, democratic government by people who are appointed? It's a ridiculous idea. And if that idea is taken to its zenith, then this country is in real trouble because democracy, one person, one vote, where every vote is of equal value, has got to be the foundation of a modern New Zealand. What's true, what's not true, how our kids are to be educated. And, you know, I have a great fear for the future. I think we know from history where this could end up. 
Welcome back, everyone. You're here with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on the Up Your Brave show. We're here on Reality Check Radio, and I'm talking next to Sandy Leo on the topic of aging well and elderly rest home care exposed. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Hello, Natalie. Good morning. I'm so thrilled to dive into this topic, something I personally do not know a lot about, but it is a massive concern, and I know it will touch the hearts of so many people. For those of you that don't know Sandy, Sandy has 30-plus years' experience in all aspects of fitness, health, and well-being. She is a pioneer in her ability to help rehabilitate, rejuvenate, tone, and strengthen bodies of all ages, including weight loss, hormone balancing, autoimmune issues, sleep, anxiety, and stress. Sandy was one of the first five Les Mills instructors uh, in 1980, and 29 years on, um, Auckland, on the Auckland stage, as well as uh, choreographing, filming, and developing new programs. Sandy currently runs a boutique training business and rehab clinic in Albany, where she applies her many skills and CHEK practitioner principles and infrared sauna. Ooh, infrared saunas are very popular at the moment. She teaches community Matt Pilates classes at two venues in the North Shore. Um, and her specialty services and intensive knowledge in pre- and post-surgery, corrective exercise, and total rehabilitation uh, with her executive-level clients, including CEOs, physios, doctors, and athletes of all ages. Leading surgeons have attributed total rehabilitation of mutual patients post-hip, shoulder, and knee surgery, alongside weight loss and general well-being, pain relief, and energy levels from her unique approach to holistic wellness. I'm, ha I'm happy to hear that doctors are open to holistic wellness. She has changed people's lives and beliefs and assisted in fighting pain, inflammation, autoimmune issues, and cancer together with building strong minds and bodies with her unique approach to treating everyone as an individual and applying a combination of her CHEK practitioner exercise coach, golf biomechanic, and holistic nutrition and lifestyle coaching, Pilates, and total gym master, global trainer qualifications. Oh my goodness. Wow, <laughs> Sandy, that's a lot of things that you've been up to and so many qualifications. Before we dive into one area that you focus on, because I know you work with a number of people, including teenagers, by the way, listeners. Um, before we dive into talking about the elderly, uh, tell me a little bit more about your backstory. How did you come to be so interested and qualified in the area of health and well-being? Well, the backstory of it was, as I said, 1980. Um, that's when the Les Mills World of Fitness started, and we did everything wrong. <laughs> the beats per minute were too long. We didn't wear shoes. We were jumping up and down on concrete and uh, wood floors, and the impact um, caused the first five instructors, we all got hip replacements, knee replacements. Oh, my gosh. And so then... I was told I'd never walk, work, or exercise when I was 25 again. So I jumped on a plane. I went, that's not happening to me. I need to go learn something. So I found a rehab clinic in Phoenix, jumped on a plane, got into rehabilitation about forget what you don't have and get on with what you do have and getting all your systems working together. So, And that included my mind. So I literally just went over. And I found out that there's way more to wellness and rehabilitation and what we do into our bodies. And I went on that journey. So I didn't want to be a Les Mills instructor for the rest of my life. I wanted to be someone that could help all the people over training and coming up with injuries and putting it together. So then I became a chip practitioner. 
So you spelled it out, C-H-E-K. <laughs> Paul Sheck is well-known around the world. I'm a personal friend of his because I just got so into it. We became very good friends. And um, I, as he calls me, you're a sponge for knowledge, Sandy mm. Leo. And I wanted to really help people beyond what they, they can get from a normal practitioner. So I wanted to know it all. And that's where I started because I was told, you're not going to walk or work or exercise. I was in a back brace, couldn't walk. And I went, that's not me. <laughs> so that's where the journey started for me to start. And I just went around the world to every qualification I could get to learn more. Well, yeah, C-H-E-K. I thought it was an acronym, but I, <laughs> um, I'm so excited today to learn from you on the topic we're covering, but also, you know, you and I have seen each other around, like we've quote unquote known each other for, I don't know, five or six or so years at women entrepreneur events in Auckland, but we've never really had the opportunity to talk. And that's why I love interviewing my guests because I just basically get to ask whatever I want um, and share that wisdom with everybody who's listening. So if if you're listening today, get ready, we're going to dive in. And I'm so excited for you to have some amazing takeaways First of all, congratulations on your amazing attitude, because for you to be like, not, not me. And then you went out and you, you looked for additional information and it it sounds like you are definitely a sponge for knowledge. So I'm excited to um, squeeze out the sponge today. (laughs) Let's talk about elderly care. First of all, what is the status and state of elderly care here in New Zealand? Meaning, do you believe that our elderly are truly being cared for in rest homes with love and respect at the moment? So, of course, I can't talk about every rest home, but I've worked in probably five rest homes um, with either one-on-one people or I've gone in and done group classes of movement. Now, from my personal opinion, no. They are not being cared for and they're not being respected. They are being treated less than human. And I feel like they'd be more medicated to not complain rather than assisted Mm. to have some kind of lifestyle. Um, So the basics of let's make sure they're drinking their water. Like half the time there's no water. They haven't drunk any water. So my clients we monitor her water. When she's dehydrated, she is confused. They call it dementia. I call it confused. Um, and she's sore because the muscles are tight and sore. Um, and no one's moved her. And so she's crying. Now, I don't call that care. Mm. That's really interesting about that. You know, they are, uh, it sounds like quite often over medicated so that they're just a little bit more in that sedate state instead of getting some of these basic fundamentals like water. And personally, I'm going, is it filtered water? Probably not. Probably tap water. So um, in the latest rest time, I found the filter in the kitchen. I was told I couldn't go in the kitchen. I just walk in with three bottles and say, if it's filling up the water, can I use the filter? Mm-hmm. I also um, get the family to make sure that she's drinking her water. has to be filtered water. I mean, all the toxins which are going to destroy your gut are in tap water. Yeah. Such a basic which later on I'll mention to you, I have an e-book which has got the seven foundations of health for any age, which anyone can grab for free. But my basics are your breath, your thoughts, and hydration. And these are not um, dealt with in a rest time. They are sad. They are dehydrated. Um, The water is not in the latest rest time. There are no jugs of water in anyone's room. I look in everyone's room and um, I check it all out. 
and my client, there's four bottles in there, and we make sure that she's drinking them. No matter what, when she says, I don't want to go to the toilet, and I go, don't care, you're drinking your water. And it's filtered. So I imagine the the rest homes you've been in are in the Auckland area. Yes. And I, But I also imagine it's probably similar countrywide, just making a grand sweeping statement there. For anyone listening, we would love to hear from you in your own experience with your loved ones. Maybe you work in a rest care facility um, or maybe you're visiting somebody. What is the status and state? Um, do some of Sandy's observations align with what you've seen? How can we make it better? I mean, you know, there's one thing about having like standards and things like that, but sometimes in those areas, is it a funding issue? Is it a lack of knowledge? Is it, it's not so much that the patients are like, no, no, don't give me, you know, don't move me, don't give me water. They're probably really keen to to live a, a more healthy lifestyle as much as they can. How can we improve things? Well, from my observation, and I've had confrontations with the doctors, um, and I've brought to their attention the interreactions of the drugs they're on. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to know. And I go, what about the basics? Like, what about their gut health? So I actually um, taken my clients' acidophilus, probiotics, prebiotics. Mm-hmm. I give it to them and keep their gut health, which is their mind health. Um, their food is not food. There's zero nutrition in yeah. it. So a, a typical meal is baked beans and hash browns or macaroni and cheese with a bit of mixed vegetables or some dried up um, pies, mince pies that you can buy mm-hmm. in the cashier or chips, and there's zero nutrition. So for me, it's like, why don't you have a veggie garden that you get your elderly to go mm. and work in? Why don't we get them up and give them something to do? Like, because they virtually are told, don't move, go back to your room, mm-hmm. sit down, you might fall. And they aren't encouraged to um, do activities in case they fall and the staff have to do too much work, assisting yeah. them. So really, I see them all too scared to do anything. Often I get, as I walk past other people, they're like, help, help. And they are asking for help. They're, I've had one person, and I see a lot of them pass away, and I see them deteriorate. And it breaks my heart because what I see is the more noise they make, the more medication they get mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. until they're just like a zombie. Mm-hmm. And I'm my heart just breaks. I've also seen staff, yanking them by one arm onto a wheelchair instead of two people kindly lifting them into a wheelchair. And I, I do, I interfere. I go, hey, don't do it like that. And I, I see them being told off, sit down, don't move. And I'm like, no, why don't you assist them to stand up and move? Mm-hmm. And I often leave a rest time in tears and because I am just mortified at the way we treat it. I take my clients outside. I teach them to breathe. I get them to move. I get them to drink water. I take in nuts, berries, seaweed, and teach them nutrition will keep your mind uh, working. Now, all the medication, uh, people don't understand. Dementia comes from inflammation of the brain. All medications cause inflammation. You're on five medications. You've got an inflamed gut. You've got an inflamed brain. But then they're treated like idiots. and it is so unkind to treat them like that. They should be treated with love and affection um, and not talked to like they're naughty children. Mm-hmm. And I just would love to see more rest homes encouraging movement, water, breath, 
going outside and doing things to give them life, bringing in children for them to play with, playing board games together. I do a patient's crosswords Sudoku with my clients. I make her do it. I go, keep your brain working. Let's go. And I left yesterday playing patience and she kept forgetting to go red, black, red, black, kept arguing with me, but that's medication making her angry. <laughs> and I go, don't worry, you can you can have an argument with me. But And I tell her, she says, what's the matter with my brain? I go, it's a medication. Um, and so I up all the natural, like the omega-3s, the calcium, the vitamin D, the acidophilus, which they are not given. Their guts are destroyed by medication and you see them going downhill and they're not given anything, any nutrition or any natural supplementation to assist them with pain, joints, movement, brain. Um, and I think that these are our parents, these are the people that brought us up and they pay like seven grand a month, which, by the way, you could go on three cruises in a month and it would be cheaper to go on a cruise and get better food for your elderly. That's a fact. So I think the 7,000, do the arithmetic, they should be getting nutritious food, filtered water, and people like me paid to come in and go, what's the matter with this one? Let me do some opening up through the chest, back, wriggling your fingers, wriggling Mm -hmm. toes. None of that happens. None of it. It's almost, Sandy, I mean, I'm looking at you now. I know our listeners can only hear you, but you are like an angel. It's like you go in there and you've got this such a sweet energy, but you also are very strong. And I love the fact that you can stand up to the doctors as such, ask the questions and you can kind of, you know, if they're being mistreated, then you can, you'll you'll speak up. And I love that. I feel like we need a whole tribe of you throughout the country, but it doesn't make sense. You're right. $7,000, they should be having beautiful food, regular motivational, you know, exercise and brain stimulating discussion or activities. It sounds like such a wasted opportunity. I imagine the staff are overworked and underpaid as well. Yes, they probably are. Most of them are foreigners. Um, And to be honest with you, when they see me doing exercise, because I take my client out in the sunshine Mm -hmm. and I do vitamin D. Yeah, vitamin D, the first thing. I like, and literally no one else is out there unless they're having a cigarette. (laughs) So the staff come up to me and ask me to help. They go, look, I'm going into hospital for this or I've got this problem or this pain. They're not educated. They yeah. don't have any education in how to look after. They're just caregivers to provide food, take them to the toilet, and yeah. sometimes I see the way they're treated is horrific, going to the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like my client personally doesn't like to drink water because then she has to go to the toilet. And then she has to find a nappy or something because the drugs make her a bit incontinent. Yeah. And so she feels embarrassed because they don't come or she's treated badly. Now, that is just horrific treatment. So when I, my latest client, when I first found her, she was in a wheelchair and she had a catheter. And I just worked with the children saying the catheter's got to come out because she's treating the right leg with the catheter as if it's broken and she was losing all function. So got her out of that. The doctor was like, you'll never get her walking. She's walking. She's on an azima frame. I just told the kids, we need to get rid of the wheelchair. I've got her strong enough to be in the zimmer frame. And she's forgotten she even had a wheelchair. <laughs> and she gets up and she goes to the toilet and she looks after herself. But the other ones I see all the time being told off for standing up or moving. 
um, no one's got a glass of water. They're mm. given juice and coffee. Like they'll be given six cups of coffee and we've put up on the doorway, no coffee, no sugar, but they still do it. And I go, why aren't you reading the door? We want her not to have coffee. It's a diuretic. It doesn't work with peripheral neuropathy. Um, it's like you should know this. And they don't know it, Natalie. They don't know it. So the staff are ignorant in this. They're just doing their job, which is very little. And it does. It just, I just feel like we should have more educated mm. people, that they shouldn't be treated like they're naughty children and just told not to move. Do you um, think it would make a difference, you know, as because I'm a business coach, I work a lot with entrepreneurs, so my brain kind of works in this way. Do you think it would make a difference, let's just say, if you were to, I don't know, get some funding to film a video series, let's just say a three-part video series, you know, one on movement and whatever, one on nutrition, I don't know. You're talking it, my language now. Right? You're Could that not easily yes. become, because it's like, yes. we can't, you know, you yes. can't travel around New Zealand and do this for everyone. You'd be exhausted. But can yeah. we not do use, you know, the 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 beauty of, of digital and film a video where that these staff who are well-intentioned but under-trained, can yes. they watch to give to empower them to then do better treatment? I mean, what are the things? Yes. So what you've just said, I actually wanted to find, and I haven't done it. Okay, but I wanted to do SOS, which is Sandy's online senior courses. Yeah. So SOS for the elderly, which incorporated the whole body, the mind, the hydration, the breathing, the movement. And I wanted to do that where it would be a training series for the staff and then a push and play on the TVs, which they are glued to. Yeah. Like, we are now going into SOS. And they all have to do it. Like even it. things like their mouth, Natalie, their mouth becomes lazy. So if you, when I used to go into do groups before COVID, I was doing three a, a week, but I would get them to open their mouth and wriggle their tongue. I would get them to hum yeah. because they don't use their face. So I'd go, ah, get your tongue out, wiggle it with a game. Mm -hmm. And they loved it. But imagine that if I could yeah. get some funding, if someone, like if there's a God out there that could fund me to do this and we could get it out. And it became a compulsory need that was put into all the rest times that all staff had to watch it. I would be the happiest woman in the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you made me think that is that you could have the staff one, which has a mm. high, a different level of education. And then you have the ones that the, the rest home that the elderly would watch because instead yeah. of just watching random daytime TV, they could watch and they could do the exercises. I think that would be amazing. So, hey, let's put it out there. If anyone has connections or can help to make this concept a reality, um, Sandy, I can imagine you would do great videos because you look great and you've got such an extensive training and you'd make it kind of fun doing these exercises. It's always fun because <laughs> fun is part of life. Yeah. Fun has to be part of it. As a chip practitioner, we always say whatever you're doing has to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, I've got another question. You keep mentioning, you say, you know, my clients, my clients. Who hires you? Is it the family that has the elderly person that would hire you as, I guess, a separate or an add-on to the care that they're receiving? You'd think that for the seven grand, they would get something like this, but um, yes. yeah. <laughs> okay. So initially, um, so I have a lot of clients and at the time I had two doctors with my clients. They came to me for their health nutrition, movement, and problems. Doctors, please just put that in your head. GPS. Yeah. 
were working with me and I was looking after all of their hormones, internal health, bowel problems, physical problems, and telling them stop taking those drugs, stop doing that surgery. Um, so one of them worked part-time stopping in to a rest home, I won't say where, um, but on her way home, she went in there twice a, a week and she said to me, you need to be here. So she mm. talked to the manager and the manager said to come in. So I came in with my bag of 30 balls, Pilates balls and bands, and I went in, put on some great music, started throwing balls, catch, 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 and making things fun. Like yeah. turn around, shake someone's hand, move your neck, nod your head, um, even just doing spirit fingers. I did spirit fingers. Like, mm -hmm. Anyway, we I was doing that. Then the elderly loved it so much. They boycotted their um, housing class and music class and said they wanted more Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> so SOS. I went, yeah. So I went to three classes a week, and then I started sticking around, watching what happened at the lunch table. And I was like, how come no one's drinking water? And they said to me, we can't lift the jug out. It's too heavy for our hands. I go, it's your God-given right to have water. And I poured them water. Yeah. So then I started, uh, COVID came along and they said, Sandy, you, you can't come in anymore. And they never got me back. Profits were more important and they didn't get me back. Then in that time, a gentleman talked to one of my colleagues in Dunedin saying, what do I do for my mum? And this guy, Mark Buckley, said, there's only one person in Auckland, that's Sandy Leo. Talk to her. <laughs> and so he rang me and he goes, I think I knew you 20 years ago, Sandy. Met him. They took me out to meet their mum, that daughter, and he was over from London. Met the mother, and I was watching what they were doing. They had the right concept, but they just didn't understand. So I type took over what they were doing with her. We went back to the room. He goes, "You're perfect. You are perfect. We want you to work with our mum." So that's how that one happened. And then, literally, I've got her walking. I've got her drinking. She's got. She's eighty. She's got, she's got the most amazing body anyone that goes on my social media will see I put up lots about her progress and everyone has been watching it so she's the one that I'm allowed to really put out there to show yeah. you do not tell your parents they go to a rest time if they can stay in their home and you could get someone to come in like myself because I will do one-on-one -on -one, go to a home and help people look at the way their house is set up look at what's in their fridge talk to them write things down the one-on-one -on -one care there, or I go into the rest times. So that's how you get me. I I mean, the thing is, I feel like we need more of you. And like, I can imagine, again, my entrepreneurial brain, I can imagine you training the trainers as such, yeah. you know, so raising the level of I would love uh, empathy to. and skills and wisdom that some of these people, like imagine having a lot of, you know, a, a team of SOS Sandys that go in yeah. and yeah. And of course, that is part of my like 2024. That is part of the dream that I want. Of course, we, you and I know that to put this together is a lot of money mm -hmm. and a lot of time. So I'm, I'm a big person that believes in the spirit world, and I believe that um, I'm ready and I'm open, and this will fall into place. Mm -hmm. Because yes, I would love to train a team. I would love there to be a funding for a school of training, yeah. the staff, the management. The SOS Academy. Yes, <laughs> yes. I looked for me to watch because I have had my heart broken so many times watching a basically decline of people coming in. Like mm -hmm. one moment they're talking to me, smiling, 
walking, then they're not, then they're shuffling, then they're in their room, then they don't recognize me. And I'm like, what medications are they on? And the AC, like one in particular, asked me to put him to bed five times. And I was like, do you forget how to go to bed? He goes, no, I just like you touching me. (laughs) And I was like, I would just touch his face. He didn't have that basic love in there. And so no one put him to bed. He just fell into bed. They often will fall asleep and no one puts them to bed. It's breaking, it broke my heart watching it. So, Do you think there's a bit of a shift? Um, I don't know if it's with the doctors or the caregivers or the families of these people. More open to holistic health or looking at, you know, the contraindications of the medications. Like, are, there, are they open to seeing that there's a better way and specifically with some natural basic things like gut, getting their gut health and their microbiome sorted? No. To be honest with you, we've had meetings, the family with the doctor, Mm -hmm. and I have challenged him. Like, for instance, I've said that you've got her on your upping her nerve medication, side effects, that inability to get your thoughts in an order, confusion, suicidal, um, sore tight muscles, and gait pattern that is troubled. So if you're trying to get someone to walk with a gait pattern that doesn't work, with sore tight muscles and confusion, how does that go together? Mm-hmm. So I asked if he could possibly reduce it. And he said, look, my job is when they wake up, if they say something is sore, I medicate them. I said, but they're sore in the yeah. morning because they're dehydrated. Yeah, that's so a signal from the body. <laughs> yeah. It's like, could you get them to move in water before you up the medication? And he said, your job is to do what you do. My job is to make them quiet and comfortable. Mm. And I literally said to the family, and they've agreed, Dr. Evil, you're basically just shutting them up with medication without any concern for what you're doing to their gut, brain, kidney. So she had, she did have repeated UTIs, yeah. which I said to the family, that will kill her. A kidney failure will kill her. So I need to get in there and get her kidney sorted, which is with, I, I, as I say to her, you need to be a river, not a swamp. So I need flow in your body. Mm-hmm. which means I need water and fluids. I don't need coffee and tea. Yeah, And they give them six tea or coffee. They do not offer water. Now, that is a basic human right. And they're basically killing them doing that. And I, I just can't understand why doctors are not looking at that. And we know that they've got different conditions. And with different conditions, there's different foods that they should and shouldn't have. There was no concern to that. None. One basic meal. That is it. And it's not even a meal. Half the time it's cold. It's disgusting and it's tasteless. It's horrific. How much sway do the families have? So what I'm thinking is there'll be people listening like me who I actually think, you know, I'm very grateful. I don't have family in elderly care at this stage. It's not something I've experienced at all. Uh, But there will be people that are, this is very close to home for them. My question is, if people are feeling today a little bit more, well, worried or maybe empowered to go in and ask questions or make suggestions or things like that, how much do the families get listened to if they go in, for example, and say, hey, listen, can you please make sure that our mother is drinking or here's a water filter or here's some awa water from the health shop? Like they might literally take the water in. Can you, how much sway do they have? A big sigh from me. I know. We've tried everything. Mm-hmm. We have put um, signs on the door, no sugars, 
please encourage water. Please take Glennis for a walk on the Zimmerframe. Basically, nothing happens. Okay. I have literally been sitting there when in comes a coffee and ice cream with 100,000. I go, excuse me, and there's a sign on the door. The family do not want him drinking coffee after midday, and we want water, and there's no water jug in here, and no one's taken it for a walk. And they just say, the doctor said, the doctor said not to listen to you, okay. to listen to her. Yeah. And so she asked for coffee. She doesn't even know because she's so uh, forgetful. Like yesterday I went in, there was a coffee at 3 o'clock, and I took the coffee, tipped it out, put a water bottle there. She didn't even remember one second later. I said to her, you missed the coffee? She was like, what coffee? Like she doesn't remember. So they don't take any notice. They literally take no notice. So it, it really, not- it sounds like it has to come from the top, meaning they're just doing their job, right? And the they say, do yeah. not listen to the family. <laughs> listen to the Jimmy. client. If the client says, I need pills, I'm sore. And half the time that is habit. Like I can sit there and say to Guinness, like, are your feet sore? She goes, yeah. And then I can massage your feet. I said, your feet aren't sore. She goes, no, they're not. And I go, then why are you asking for pills? How can I'm sore? I say, are you really sore? No, I'm not really sore. <laughs> so it's like they're not testing anything. Yeah. It's just up the medication. And then you get the side effects of dementia. But it's not dementia. It is side effects of the combination of all of the pills. Mm-hmm. But the gut health, like I watch people there and they are, they're sad, they're demented, their energy levels. And they're going downhill because every thing they say they get another pill for yeah and no one looks after gut health mind health hydration and breathing which is all in my ebook which anyone can grab and it's called flourish now you can apply everything in that ebook to a 15 year old or an 80 year old and it's a basic human right which will and um, no matter what if you apply the seven foundations which if a rest time could apply the seven foundations in my ebook we would see happy, functional, elderly. At the moment, it's like a hospice. You're there to die. Yeah. For our listeners, can you see the pattern of pills being the go-to? And Mm -hmm. tragically, even requests being just pushed to the side, and it's kind of listen to the single source of truth over there, listen to what the doctor says. So how can we turn things around? I mean, Sandy, I would love to see some sort of I don't know if it's a conference or a training for all of these in-house doctors of the rest homes to, because that it sounds like it needs to start with the top at the top. So they have zero holistic health. Yeah. So when I he I said to him there was a I said why don't you just give my client one anti-inflammatory yeah for the peripheral neuro- and when you're saying anti-inflammatory you don't mean neurofin you mean like turmeric or something. She's already on turmeric, okay. omega-3, calcium, magnesium, a vitamin D, and acidophilus. And it. she does sometimes, she's got a little bit, at the moment I'm pushing for MRI and an X-ray CT scan because no one's looking because she's 80. She's not worth doing an MRI. And I go, mm-hmm. that's shameful. She had an accident and fell over. Mm-hmm. She needs an MRI. I need to see whether she has compressed nerves from discs in her lumbar spine. We need to see this. And they don't. So... Um, I'm pushing for that to happen because her pain is in her, like, sciatic nerve and her peripheral neuropathy in the feet 
could just be from compression of nerves from the fall, but no one's looked at it. They just give her nerve medication. It does yeah. nothing. Now, I myself have some compression from all my lead's mills at work, and I know that pain in your butt. And I know that if I have to go out, so I don't touch any pain medication. I'm on no medication. I'm 62 now, and I take nothing. However, if I have something to go to and I'm in pain, I will take one diclofenac, but I've, then I and I'll put that with turmeric, and I do that with water and food. So I said to the doctor, why don't and he goes, oh, you can't do that because of their gut. And I said to him, but I've already got her on digestive enzymes and acidophilus. And he goes, mm-hmm. what? I said, she's on full acidophilus. He goes, pardon? I said, she's on full acidophilus, which every person in this rest home should be on. Yeah. For $7,000, they should be given this to protect their gut from the medications. He didn't know what I was talking about. He did not know what I was talking about. So there we have Natalie, a zero, a zero understanding. And this doctor also took me into his office and asked if I could recommend what to do with his wife who could not walk and had had brain surgery and knee surgery. And I said, pardon? And he said, I don't know who you are, but if you could help my wife. Mm-hmm. So there's a doctor reaching out to me again. Well, congratulations to him to even be open to asking you. And I feel like sometimes people, it needs to happen so close to home before people realize the power of holistic health and well-being. So mm-hmm. what happened there? Did you help the wife? Um, he didn't come back to me. I think his pride got in the way. Mm-hmm. I said to him, look me up. And I think his pride got in the way. Um, and I said to him, I would really like to refer her to Warren Lee, who's a top spinal surgeon, and I would like to get an MRI. And I want to. He goes, but then what, Sandy? I said, what do you mean? He said, then what? I said, what? You mean because she's 80 that no one would do surgery on her because she's not worth it? And he went, yes. And I was like, wow. Just wow. Mm-hmm. So we just medicate the pain until she dies. Yeah. When she could have another 15 years in her of quality lifestyle, and she is fun. She like she did 100 squats the other day, <laughs> 100 squats. Oh um, and we, honestly, she walked past one of the guys going to the toilet with the door open, and she literally, oh, goodness me, I haven't seen one of those for about 10 years, and she's laughing her head off. And she does ballet for me, so I make it into fun. I said, come on, up on your toes. Can I do the arms and show you my PAs? And we're doing fun outside, laughing. And she comes back. I took her to the beach on January the 1st. I made her, for the first time in two to three years, walk in the water, bought her an ice cream, bought her home, made her dinner. And I said, how happy are you? She goes, oh, this is the best day. She was so happy. Why aren't they taking them to the beach? Because there's not enough staff qualified to take them to the beach, yeah. to manage them. What if there was an army of me that could go, we'll pick you up, we'll bring the SOS van, and it's an outing. And we taught these elderly to keep having fun and their fingers and toes and their gut, everything functioning. Like, to me, it's like so simple, 7,000 a month. Yeah. What a different story it would be and how different their lives would be if it's it's not that hard. It doesn't sound that hard to me. Um, oh my gosh, Sandy. Well, you know, it's kind of like 
exciting to hear what the difference you're making in those people's lives, but there's so few of them, obviously, compared to how many people out there are just medicated and sitting in those chairs and not getting the movement um, that they need and that they deserve. What can we, what can we do? I would just like to encourage anyone listening to this or anyone that will share it with people to have more awareness of, don't just take your loved parents and grandparents to a GP and think they're doing the best for them. Like just don't do that because they have a God-given right to live in comfort and keep their functioning brain, not to be medicated, not to feel anything. Like, Give them laughter, give them health, give them food and hydration. Like, bring back the photo album, stimulate their memory. Like, please do not let your elderly rot and think that the GP is the best thing for them. Get someone like myself to come in the home. Give yourself the skills of what um, the elderly can do in their home to stay at home. Mm -hmm. Who can help them? I mean, I want an army of me. Absolutely. Um, I believe that Meals on Wheels is actually better than the food you get in a rest home. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that that's all um, volunteer work. And I would love to promote that because they just drop off to the door food. So you can do that for your elderly instead of going to a rest home. Believe me, the food is much better. Plus, when you visit your elderly, do not take them sugar. Don't take them lollies and chocolate. Mm -hmm. Take them everything colorful, green, red, orange smoothies if they've got false teeth or stop at tank and get them a smoothie yeah like bring them color and the golden rule is please look after their gut give them probiotics give them digestive enzymes that will give them so much comfort and all their organs and their mental health okay so if even if some people think i don't even know where to get those a health food shop right okay they come to you I have um, a full nutrition side to me. I'm a holistic nutritional lifestyle coach. I can just send a link where they can buy direct and I will tell them what to give their parents. They can ring me. I have a calendar on my my website, a 15-minute free call. You can ring me about anyone and say, what do we get? Then I'll send the link. This is where you buy it. You get 10% off. And I will make sure it's all food derived. Please remember 85% of supplements are synthetic and don't work. Mm-hmm. So you must make sure you know, and a retail person or a chemist don't know. They're I not. agree. It's like, don't just go to the chemist warehouse and grab Please something don't. off the shelf. Do not. You could actually be killing someone. Like you have to know supplementation. I know that inside out. I've been studying 30 years. I can tell you every brand. I can tell you what's in everything. So I have found a few brands. My one in particular I use all the time is Neolife, but anyone can get the supplementation. It's food-derived, no synthetics, easily absorbable, but you have to know when to take it, how to take it. You have to know not to take calcium with zinc, things like that. You've got to know your bees have to be an hour away from thyroid medication. But all those things are super important. Yeah, super important. And and we just don't know this stuff because we were never told it. So thank you for sharing some practical tips that people can do today or take on board. I would love to ask you the up your brave question. In 2024, the question is, if you were to truly up your brave in the next year, what would you do? I would work on finding funding to get the SOS elderly help online in rest homes and get the government behind upping the standards for our elderly, for our loved ones, for the ones that have literally 
they, they, it's not a crime to get to 80 or 90. It's not a crime. Why are they treated so badly? So I would love to make every rest time have standards which get assessed. Like they're assessed. These standards are upheld. And if family puts something on the door, they are listened to. Mm-hmm. They are listened to. So really eyes and ears listening. And we have a change in how the elderly are treated, whether it's in home, whether it's in a rest home. I do encourage people to try and keep them at home as long as you can. My uh, husband's um, grandparents in Australia, they lived, the, the granddad lived to almost 100. He was 99. And the grandmother died a few years prior and they lived at home and they literally went around and delivered meals on wheels to people. Wow. Like, so a big part. And they walked around the beach and they picked up rubbish. Like, so they were moving, they were yes. contributing to society. They were eating well. They had a beautiful veggie garden and in the backyard and fruit trees. Yeah. How easy would it be to have in every rest home a vegetable garden? So easy. Like they've got people doing the lawns and putting flowers in. Forget the flowers. Let's get some produce. And let's get, and un, unfortunately, I go and talk to chefs. And um, one worst time I saw one of them resign because she was not listened to about, she was trying to treat some of um, the clients, like taking out the onion that might affect them. She was yeah. not listened to, so yeah. apparently she walked off. But they replaced her with a kitchen hand. And I talked to, in the latest first time I talked to the kitchen hand, he's blind. He's been working there since 1997. I go, has anything changed? He goes, no. He goes, we just heat it up and I just clean up. And I go, but there's nothing in here. I'm not seeing any fresh salad. And he goes, no. Well, it's definitely time for a change. So for anyone listening, if you have connections or capacity to help Sandy create this, I think you called it SOS Elderly Help, um, you can get in touch with her. How can they connect with you um, and what's coming up in the next six months? Well, right now, in fact, right now, a new website's been launched and I'd love everyone to jump on there and subscribe. Um, and it's at uh, www.sandyleo.com or you will also, if you want my ebook, you just go hello.sandyleo.com. You that make it will, easy. Sandy with a Y, everybody. S-A-N-D-Y. Yes, all lowercase. Mm-hmm. And that, that will then take you to my website, which will give you basic programs. So if it's yourself, if it's you and your husband, if it's you and your family, there's a basic program. There's a three-month coaching, six-month coaching, 12-month coaching. And that will incorporate everything you need or you need for your children or you need for your elderly I do not just look at one thing. I look at everything. So that coaching program, I have never had anyone ever come back and say, I want my money back. (laughs) I've always got results. Um, So as I said, hello.sandyleo.com. I encourage everyone, don't go to a nutritionist, don't go to a chiropractor, don't go to a GP, don't go to anybody until you've read the seven foundational steps of your own health and looked at yourself. Because it applies to every single person. It's an easy read, really easy. Sandy, I'd love to have you back on because I know another area you're amazing at is teenagers. And I know you're helping a bunch of teenagers around the world, specifically around detoxing. I've got a friend overseas. I'm going to get her to get your ebook to read the, the foundations 
foundational information. Two other questions that might be coming up for people. So I'm going to ask them. Number one, what if someone's like, okay, I can get, I, I can go to your website and look at coaching, but how do I get you to go into my my elderly parents' home or the rest home. I, I want you, Sandy, to go in. That's one question. Second question is, where can they find the vitamins and supplements, I imagine, on your website? So as I said, it's a new website. By the time uh, we go live with this, it, there will be a page, Sandy Nutrition, and it will link into um, Neolife, and I will then have another shop where I put some extra supplements, like the organic turmeric, because people know turmeric, but it's not the turmeric in your cupboard. And it must be organic and it must have black pepper. So all these things I yes. sourced for you. Yes. Or just jump on a free 15-minute calendar call with me and I will give you everything you need. There is on my website a button that says elderly care mm-hmm. that will also have a um, login, talk to me, or just sign up and get me to help your parents or just ring. Look, really... I love to do, you have an obligation to be an individual. I like to do it individually. Yeah. Of course, there's not enough for me to go around. So that's why where we come into the other program. But if you want yeah. me um, to help uh, in, in the Auckland area, um, if you're a, a rest home down country and you want your whole rest home to be revamped, then call, call me up. I'll come down. Um, so, yes, the teenagers, uh, the teenagers, again, their mental health is not, they're not, chronic fatigue, they're not ADD, they're not OCD, they are not eating right, they're not sleeping right, they're too much screen time, too much stress, and their parents are losing control thinking they're all these things. No. With some counselling and guidance, and they're normally really honest with me, and putting some rules in their lifestyle, that they're normally very honest with me, how they feel about their parents, how they feel about life, and what they're trying to do with their life. So I literally just do Zoom calls with any teenager. Suicidal ones are not suicidal anymore. They're standing in their leadership. They've got uh, their, they came down to a few supplements um, just to get their mental state and looking at their diet and their sleep. So, yeah. Amazing. You know what? I would love to get you back on. We're going to do a whole show about the teens. But I wanted to plant that seed if anyone's listening and they've got um, a teen that is having issues with their health or emotions, they can reach out to you as well. Sandy, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today? No, just be kind. And please, first and foremost, drink your water, not tap water, zero tap water. Breathe. Stop and breathe, everyone. And eat colorful food. Amazing. Thank you for sharing so much wisdom with us today. And I think the main thing is painting a picture of what it could be like in the rest homes. And hopefully together, you know, we can make that transition. Um, I think, you know, it is time for an SOS. So thank you so much, Sandy Leo, today, everyone, on Aging Well and Elderly Rest Home Care Exposed. Thanks, Sandy. Thank you, Nettie. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Sandy Leo. I love when I know someone, quote unquote, for many years, and then I get to interview them and I always learn more things. We actually stayed on the Zoom call after ending the interview and talked a little bit more about teenagers because teenagers is an area that Sandy, she has clients all over the world, teenagers, that she helps with their health and well-being, um, detoxing them and just helping them to stay healthy, helping them from things like depression, anxiety, as well as um, chronic illnesses and more. So that was that's really close to my heart. So I was very happy to talk to her and I will definitely get Sandy back on in future to talk about teen health. You can get in touch with Sandy um, at Sandy Leo 
L-E-O.com. And she has a free ebook that I wanted to make sure I mentioned, so I'll do it straight away. It's The Seven Foundations of Health and Well-Being, and you can get that free ebook at hello.sandyleo.com. In this interview, we talked about contraindications, gut health, and mind health, and inflamed gut equals inflamed brain. That's interesting. She also mentioned forget what you don't have and get on with what you do have. And that and so much more. You can follow Sandy on social media, and you can also go to her website, as mentioned, sandyleo.com, S-A-N-D-Y, leo.com. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You're here on the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on Reality Check Radio. And next, we're going to Christchurch. I'm going to be talking to Rebecca Davison, and we're diving into the topic of align with the divine to live your soul desires. Ooh, welcome to the show, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, Natalie. It's great to be here. It is. It's great to talk to you about this. It'll be a It'll be a synergistic conversation. So for those of you that don't know Rebecca, Rebecca Davison is an energetic alignment coach, an intuitive guide, and spiritual mentor. She is founder of the Intuitive Life Academy, the premium learning establishment to help you open your heart to love and your soul to the infinite power that you really are. You're speaking my language. She helps people activate their inner abil- their innate ability to experience abundance and joy through the development of her intuition and their ability to communicate with the universe. An international speaker, writer, and mentor, she has empowered thousands of people to break free from their limitations to live a life deep down they know is possible, one filled with opportunities, fulfillment, and pleasure. As a healer and empath, her gifts lie in reading and clearing people's energetic blocks, the ones that they don't even know they have, so they can experience more ease, flow, and harmony in their life and world. Well, you know, I don't know about you listeners, but I really feel like we do desire more ease, harmony, <laughs> and joy. Well, desire and possibly deserve after after the journey we've been on. Um before we dive into all of that and talking about aligning with the divine to live your soul desires, Rebecca, I know that you and I met on Facebook. I think I saw one of your posts and I reached out. Tell us a little bit more about your backstory. How did you get to this place of helping people with their energetic blocks and their alignment? Thanks, Natalie. I, I've been coaching now for about 10 years as an intuition coach. And once upon a time, if somebody had said to me, you're going to be an intuition coach, I would be, what's that? I had no clues. It really has been a journey of following purpose, which I know a lot of people are really passionate about. And a lot of that has come forward really from trusting something beyond myself, which is myself. I know that sounds, you know, discombobulated but the truth of who I am which is not my mind and it's not my my ego so that's been an amazing journey once upon a time I did work in the banking world but of course I found that actually deeply unsatisfying and was always prompted by something to move forward even though I was actually very frightened leaving the corporate banking Mm. background and then jumping into being an intuition coach which I did wholeheartedly and uh with no other options. So I put my back against the wall and were your work, were your work colleagues kind of like, what? 
Yes, definitely. They thought I was mad, absolutely mad. And I guess that's the thing, though. When you trust yourself, when you back yourself, amazing things happen. Mm. Not that a million times over. Where you go, I have to choose myself. I have to choose my own happiness. I have to choose what's calling to me, even if it makes sense to nobody else, even if everybody else is telling me I'm crazy. I've got to do this thing. So I went and did the thing. So here I am. 10 years later, making more money than I ever made in banking, doing a job that fulfills me and experiencing a lot of joy in terms of helping other people transform their own lives and to really relax into trusting themselves and being rather than doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious to know from our listeners, what is calling to you? Like the way that Rebecca was called, if you were to leave what you're currently doing at the moment, you know, what would you do? I think now more than ever, people are open to the possibility of following their actual dreams, you know, really reevaluating, not just reevaluating, but taking empowered action towards what they feel called to do. Um, and you talked about, you know, soul desires. Is that part of it? Is that part of like helping people realize some people don't know what their soul desires are, I imagine? Yes, some people don't know what their soul is, but It's the consciousness is the part of you that beats your heart. But if you are tuning into it, you would know your soul already knows that you're worthy. Your soul is the part of you that doesn't have to prove anything to anyone because it Mm. already knows itself as complete. You know, we often say, oh, you're not broken. You're never broken. Your soul knows what that feels like to never be broken. So often it is about shifting away from the mind which can be scary for a lot of people because we're conditioned to hang out there. The education system kind of encourages hanging out in the mind that your mm-hmm. mind of intelligence determines your success, mm-hmm. but your soul doesn't know those limitations. And when you start shifting your focus and coming back to that part of you that already knows itself and listening to that, learning how to listen to that, which is essentially like learning a different language. And then trusting it, because I know a lot of people, I know everybody who's listening, they will have had an intuitive hunch. Mm-hmm. They would have had, and everybody going, oh, yeah, like I knew when the phone rang that who was going to be on the phone, or I knew when that situation played out that it wasn't a, a good deal or whatever was happening. People know these things, but that's an invitation. And often people don't take the invitation and then move into taking action on it. And this is the thing about living from your soul. It will never override your free will. It will invite you. It will encourage you. It will say, hey, you know, I'm here, but it will never override your free will. So that's why intuition always needs to be activated for it to start really working for you. And this is where, you know, a lot of people talk about wanting to live in the miracle zone. This is the zone because your soul is like, it's kind of like the internet and the respect that you go into your soul your soul has got all the resources it's got all the answers it's got the frequency of all the outcomes that you could desire and as soon as you start operating with that then everything becomes much more simple because you're operating like using the bird's eye view rather than just your own narrative narrow viewpoint of reality so it's super exciting space to work it's one it's a place that i never thought that i'd end up but from following my own intuition, here I am. So. It's so amazing. And 
So for some of our listeners or someone thinking, oh gosh, I do get really stuck in my mind or I am living from that space, constantly mm-hmm. making decisions based on intellect and logic and pros and cons or whatever, how can they start this journey or start this process of allowing themselves maybe to activate their inner intuition? So a really good place to start is to start learning what it is to come into the body, to move out of the head and into the body. And a really great way to do that to start with is to start listening to your own heartbeat. And a lot of people, right, when they're in their mind, they're like, oh, I don't have time for that. But it's like there's information available through the body. Your body knows the truth better than your mind. And when you start listening to that, that's where you often get, you know, the the gut instinct or the nudge it's usually through the physical body Mm. so starting to learn to operate and listen to the body and know that the body has more truth than the mind the mind's just like a handbrake right the mind you have to operate through your ego which is a fear-based reflex it's the part of you that when you're driving and somebody cuts in front of you you just turn them into an a-hole right? It's just like automatic. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. The judgment is there. That's what the ego does. It judges, it identifies, it makes this right and this wrong. When you're operating from your intuition, there is no right or wrong. There is just perception, awareness, and choice. Okay. Can you say that again? Because that's such gold for people. When you're operating from your intuition, there is no right or wrong. Carry on. (laughs) Yeah. And it's perception, awareness, and choice. So what are you perceiving? Oftentimes too, it's like, who are you being as you're perceiving? Because one of the things you understand about being an adult really is you're the one who's creating your life, right? You have this amazing resource by having 100% responsibility. But when you start working with energy and start reading energy, you start perceiving energy. This is where we all have this. Like you walk into a room, you notice what the vibe's like. Mm -hmm. You're already doing it, but it's about using it and activating it. Like you would know if you walked into a room of somebody, even if they weren't talking anymore, you'd probably be able to feel if an argument had just taken place there, especially if you're a sensitive person and you're already working and using your body. By a lot of people who are empaths, you're like, oh, I can feel everybody else's emotions. Best question for them is, is this energy mine? Mm-hmm. Pretty standard practice question, right? In terms of like identifying energy. But when you start moving into your intuition, it's like there is no judgment. Judgment is sticky and it holds things in place and the ego feasts on it. It feasts on things like injustice. And of course, there's plenty of that. Yes. So people activated the We have a buffet of injustice over the past few years. Yes. So, which has been good though, because it's brought it to awareness that, oh my goodness, look, we're like the snake that's eating its own tail because we're hurting ourselves by reinforcing this injustice. We need to actually rise to a different frequency where we're looking at the solution And the solution only ever comes from who we are being. So that's where the responsibility comes into play. Like if I take responsibility for creating peace inside of myself, then I can be the person who goes into the room and brings the energy of peace. And this is like, if everybody does this, this is literally how we change the world by who we're being, not what we're doing. And of course, the mind and the ego convince us you have to work harder. 
a lot of women end up going into like hyper masculine energy, especially as business owners. Mm -hmm. You will know that yourself. Like we burn off a lot of masculine energy to get things done, make things happen. But then often at the end of the day, our feminine's not feeling replenished and we're not feeling fulfilled and satisfied. And that's the sweet spot that the world is really moving to. Like women are recognizing, I need to do business in a different way. And this is where intuition comes in because it makes it so much easier because you're actually tapping into a much greater resource rather than just your own mind. Because your own mind, you know how thoughts just bubble up and you're just like, where did that even come from? Or you could be focusing on something and then the next thing you know, I call it lassie, where your mind is just bounced over several fences and you're like, whoa. Look at my mind go off into this new dimension, which I'm like, is that even serving me? We have to move through all of that to be able to orientate ourselves back to the soul. So a great question to start with, how much am I spending my life in my head? Mm. For a lot of people, that's like 98% of the time. And what they're yearning for, they say, oh, Friday or a holiday or something like that to create the reprieve where they get to relax. The truth is what they're yearning for is to live more from their soul and from their awareness rather than from the energy of doing, doing, doing. And this can be disorientating for people because they're like, okay, there's this part of me that's beating my heart, this pure consciousness. Like when I'm breathing, when I start tuning in, I can notice the soul energy. But what will happen is then like, something will pull on your attention. You're like, oh, I've got to pack up the dry cleaning, <laughs> right? Or the kids need something. Or we're pulled into the energy of doing something else rather than coming back to like, who am I being as I'm doing this? Yeah. So, What is one of the first questions we can ask ourselves if we want to show up, you know, less in that, like you said, we spend so much time in our head and I imagine some people spend a lot of time like going over, you know, lamenting or, oh, what was I thinking when I did that thing? Or I should have bought that thing or, oh, I should have said this to so-and-so. So they're kind of in the past and other people might be worrying about what's coming up ahead, plus other things. Okay. How can we get out of that? Like, I know the ego. Here's another question about the ego. You, like, it's kind of got this bad rap, <laughs> bad reputation. Um, so... How can we live more in the moment, less in the mind, while still honoring our ego, which does protect us? Yes. And that's an important thing to remember about the ego. It's trying to protect you, but it's doing it from fear, mm. right? The ego is fear-based, so it's always going to separate. And it's kind of like uh, one of the best descriptions I've ever heard is um, to treat it like it's a pet. Like if, it, if you have a dog, like usually you probably wouldn't let the dog sit at the table when you're eating or lie on your bed perhaps at night. Like you wouldn't give it priority. You're the owner. The dog is the dog. So to be the person, even dealing with your own ego, people talk about ego death, but what you really want to do is know that you're going to have an ego for the rest of your life. You're going to know how to deal with fear for the rest of your life. In terms of like your thought processes, one of the first things you can do is start realizing you're not your thoughts. Right. And you're like, you might, because people identify with them so closely. They're yeah. like, this is who I am. To start with, just push them back. Right. Because often when people have thoughts, often people see like a line of thoughts across their forehead. Some people see their thoughts 
thoughts and images. It's different for everybody. Kind of see it like a movie, like you're just pushing it back a little like bit. Like you're swiping you create, it off to the side. Yeah, tricking space, right? Like just space. And then go, the real me is actually the observer of these thoughts. Mm. And when I'm observing the thought or even the sensation of the feeling in my body, what does this true self have to say about what's occurring? Often the answer is just like, well, that's interesting, no matter what it is. Yeah, and this can be, this can be like, it's an invitation really mm. to truth. The truth of who you are is safe, relaxed, knows itself, knows its worth. You know, even talking about those things, as we start talking about it, we start tapping into it. And there's part of you that starts relaxing because it's like, oh, that's true. There's part of me that already knows that I'm worthy. I don't have to prove my worth through my mind mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and my own inner child to other people. Seen this a lot, if anybody. And people, you know, one of the oldest limiting beliefs is I'm not, I'm not good enough. But then what happens is people go into hyper, often ambition, because I am going to prove to myself and other people that I am worthy because I'm going to create success. And again, that's actually a repelling energy mm -hmm. because you're having to prove something. The soul doesn't need to prove anything. And the irony is then you can shift from chasing success to attracting more success mm -hmm. because there's not proof, so there's no resistance. So starting to understand energetics, essentially, which is what I help people to do. Like if you knew you really knew yourself, you'd be trusting yourself more. If you really knew yourself, you'd be trusting life more. Knowing yourself more deeply creates more intimacy in your relationships. The truth of who you are doesn't hold the frequency of fear. So I'm taking a bunch of notes and I'm thinking a lot of people, if you feel like you want to come back and listen to this, if you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Rebecca Davison. We're talking about align with the divine to live your soul's desires. And for those listening already, I would love to know what's resonating for you. Do you feel like you are living in your soul's desires or are you really stuck in your head for most of the time? Send us a text 2057 or email inbox at realitycheck.radio. I just wrote down, Rebecca, I am safe, relaxed, and awesome. Because it, based on something that you said, because I feel like for me, at least having some sort of like mantra phrase, or one that I can share with my kids that they can remember, like I am safe, relaxed, and awesome. And I, I chose awesome because it's like, full of awe, and wonder, and observing the world. And that is that kind of more neutral, observer standpoint rather than overwhelmed which is what a lot of people feel so or intimidated or any any other word like that so i am safe relaxed and awesome and i love what you said before and i wrote down from chasing to embracing but you actually said from chasing to attracting so now we're attracting things into our life and it's not as hard work i think we all want that i think we do or we would love to have things come into our orbit rather than having to chase and, and find, you know, more money, more opportunities, more clients, more joy, whatever it might be. Yes. And to know that there, it gets to be easy. Cause I think a lot of times, cause the ego and the mind loves complication, endless complication, <laughs> right? Like let's 
is more complicated. This is why when you look out into Facebook land, as I call it, because I spend a bit of time there um, in my own Facebook group, there's people selling things all the time, but often it's coming from the mind. You need this, you need this, you need this in order to create whatever it is that they want next. Now, if you are truly aligned, what you would be doing is listening to your own intuition and asking that question, what is the next thing for me? Because I'm a unique soul essence that is not like anybody else that has been constructed completely differently. And the purpose of that is so the universe can experience itself through you. So you don't want to do it like everybody else. You want to do it like you get to do it, which really comes back to your relationship with what you call the divine God source energy, this consciousness, whatever you like to refer to it. Everybody has a different name, your soul, your spirit, etc. But to develop this relationship, which is really, ironically, you getting to know you at a deeper level. And the beautiful thing about your intuition is it will show you what's standing in the way. Right? If you want to create multiple, you know, six-figure business or a million-dollar business or attract the clients or create the business the way that you want to create it, because everybody's doing it differently, but to really have your business really be a piece of art that you get to enjoy, that you've painted all the colors on, that it's unique to you, that's going to come from you trusting and following your intuition rather than trying to put something cookie cutter and insert it into your business and then wonder why it's square peg round hole and it just doesn't fit because it's not you. It hasn't originated from you. And your satisfaction really depends on you doing it the way that you want to do. Because I've been that person too who's been caught up in the mind and on a lot of other programs and kind of going, oh my goodness, that person's amazing. And we can give our power away to them subconsciously, thinking that they're better than us. And of course, they're not. They're having their own life experience. But then what happens is we try and apply their doing to our business and it doesn't work. Because we need to be empowered into the version of ourselves that is having the experience of the business that does work for us. And that only ever really comes from your own empowerment rather than listening to what even other people are saying. What's your soul saying? What lights you up? And how do you start tapping into that inside of yourself? Which is really intimacy with self, right? Your relationship with yourself determines all the relationships that you have through the context mm -hmm. of your business right who you're being with yourself is going to be reflected on all those relationships one of the things that I help entrepreneurs with too I just did a, a session on this a wee while ago which was um about how often people feel very hurt by other people mm -hmm. and then if you're wanting to grow your business especially as a, like a female coach you want to invite more people in but subconsciously you're actually often afraid of them sometimes because subconsciously you're actually hating people because they've hurt you right and this is a past energy that we actually need to release so it is safe to invite more people into our business but we don't walk around going oh, I don't like people it is often deeply subconscious because your ego has collected all the grievances from all the times and places that you felt hurt and it's aware of those things. So when you try and grow and expand, it reminds you, oh, is that safe? Is that okay? Are you sure? You know, you might get hurt. Remember that thing that happened five years ago? 
<laughs> that's what the ego does. It kind of pulls you in again because it's trying to create that safety. But if you're not aware of those things, you can be sitting there going, why is my business not growing the way that I want it to? Why am I not experiencing the satisfaction that I want? It all starts with relationship to self. I agree. And they can be trying so many things in the marketing space and it's just not working. I feel that in the entrepreneurial world that you and I live in, a lot of people, not everyone, a lot of people are very open to and already doing a lot of this personal development you know, stuff, like looking at themselves. And I kind of think if you said to me, you know, or if I said to you, audience, do you want to know yourself at a deeper level? That's one of the questions you asked earlier. I'm kind of like, who wouldn't? But a lot of people wouldn't, right? Mm. Are people mm. are people scared of knowing themselves at a deeper level? You know what happens is the ego locks it in this little circle and it looks like this. The ego goes, um, don't look at your shadow because it might hurt. But as we all know, as entrepreneurs, the only way out is through. Mm -hmm. right? And it's often the thing, like you want to go to that next level of success. It's going to be through the thing that you are avoiding. <laughs> So it becomes kind of like a standoff between yourself and your ego. Are you going to face it? Because you know what happens? The universe just keeps on bringing it, keeps on bringing it, and keeps on bringing it until you actually say, okay, yes, I'll address it. Mm -hmm. So, and again, people often don't think about this consciously. They're doing it subconsciously, which is why it's so powerful to have somebody who's completely objective come in, read your energy, see what's there, you know, and again, we're not here for the purpose of making you wrong about it because we're all human, but let's just take that out of your energy field. And it's like Tetris and it's like, boom, you just get to move forward and it's so much easier. But it's always, you know, like your biggest handbrake to success will always be your ego. Your ego is the part of you that sits there and goes, money is like this. Relationships are like this. Um, you know, success looks like this. Your ego is the part of you that does all the competition and comparison. And where does that get you often? Nowhere. Just feeling terrible. Yeah. And when the ego's got its grip on you, right? Like you're like, because when you're living from your soul, there is no comparison. You're unique, but you're also not special because you know that everybody is the same. We're mm, equal. Yes. And I've even taught clients this, like when you're working with a coach, there is no hierarchy. Right, your coach might be more embodied in an authority in what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that there's a hierarchy in place. And I think that structure is really crumbling. Like people who are reinforcing, I'm kind of like the attitude of like, I know better than you do. That's very egoic. People see that and they don't want it anymore. They want somebody who's like, empower me, help me to see myself the way you see yourself which is confident and capable and loving and full of gifts and talents, et cetera. You know, celebration is another big thing that people, women especially, are terrible at, right? We don't recognize ourselves as much as we should and say, this is amazing what I've accomplished, overcoming things that are difficult, like learning to be a person who can run a really successful visit and do, that, do it the way they want. For myself personally, I don't know if you can relate to this, Natalie, but when I was at school, I was a real rebel, right? Like I couldn't stand teachers telling me what to do. And that has always paid dividends. I mean, there's always a dark side to a rebel as well. But <laughs> the rebel who's like, I'm going to do it my way, right? One of my hardest things has been for me personally is to actually, ironically, listen to my own intuition. 
because I've had to surrender that rebel who's like, I know best, I know best, surrender that to allow the universe to show me I can offer you a much bigger picture mm. here. Just get yourself out of the way. <laughs> That's an interesting um, observation there. The difference between like a rebel who might be doing the opposite of what they're being told to do, but that's not necessarily the path for you. Some it, it, Somewhere in between those two things, I suppose, is the intuition. Yeah. Well, again, having enough awareness to go, am I trying to do this all by myself or am I allowing a greater power, this consciousness that beats my heart? to help me because if I was allowing it to help me and this is where it gets tricky because it's unseen right it's literally us having a relationship with energy with frequency and that can be like the mind can be like well how do you do that but that's where working in the present moment can be so powerful where am I am I in the past right now am I in the future what does it take to come back to the here and now and go this is where my power is it's not in the future. It's not in the past. It's with me. How, who am I being now? Am I in my mind or am I in my soul self? Soul self doesn't judge anything. Doesn't make anybody wrong. Judgment just makes things this sticky and slows things down. The ego also loves to identify, right? This is who I am. I'm a mom or I'm a teacher or I'm a daughter or I'm a sister. Right? If you want to identify with anything as a soul, you just identify with being limitless. Oh, that People sounds get, good. Yeah, right. I am People limitless. Get, yeah, that's exactly right. And also, too, that people get stuck with being identified with their body. This is my body. This is who I am. It's like, if you do that, you will always suffer. Yeah, like, I'm super fit. I'm super fat. Like, whatever it might be. Yeah, right. And, and reinforcing that, which doesn't actually give your limitless self the opportunity to shift and change it for you. You know, to me, spiritual maturity means that when you meet people, you see their soul first. You see the energy first rather than the packaging. Right? And you see the truth of who they are rather than even their thoughts or their fear or their ego. That's the energy that I believe is going to contribute to creating more peace on earth, which is what, as a light worker, you know, as a spiritual mentor, that's a huge part of purpose. It's what we came here to do to help other people mm. transcend suffering and imagine if more people allowed their energy their vibration their light to shine through instead of being instead of putting their you know the visual persona first or allowing themselves to be identified by that visual persona because some people will dress super fancy and you know or someone else will just be like looking a bit slobby because they just think oh that's just what people think of me yeah, imagine if they just allowed themselves to shine with their energy. Absolutely, no matter what. I just read a magazine article actually the other day, Natalie, which I think is really relevant because it's so rife out there in social media, which was about young girls. It was 18 to 28, and they were talking about the, uh, the impact that it was having on their self-perception and how negative it was that they would you know, they're following people on Instagram and there's so much pressure and there's a lot of feelings of rivalry and conflict and feeling unsafe, essentially, and feeling like they have to compete. And again, this doesn't, we, we need to shift that. We don't want mm -hmm. that to be our legacy for younger generations. We want to show what it is to go, I'm safe being me and being powerful as a woman. And so are you. And we get to acknowledge and celebrate that about each other. One of the things that the ego does too, is it will convince you that power is bad. 
if you know yourself truly, you actually become more humble the more successful you are. Because you're in the energy, again, like you said before, like this is awesome. You're in the energy of awe. You're Mm. in the energy of massive gratitude because you're allowing more life force frequency to move through you in a bigger way. That's what true power is. It doesn't come from the mind. When people hear the word power, they often think politics or domination or being passive aggressive. But true power is you fully expressing who you are you know, the totality of your personality, the light and the dark, embracing those negative feelings is a huge thing in the journey of intuition. No feeling is wrong because it's only the ego that's making it wrong. These feelings are good and these feelings are bad. So many people judge their feelings. That can be a revelation in itself to just stop doing that. My anger is just as valid as my sadness or my happiness. You know, like there's a place for my jealousy. I'm going to witness, accept it and love it rather than make it wrong. (laughs) So when we do that, right, we're bringing more self-love to our human and embracing that as well. Because we're having a human experience. Like in my world too, there are a lot of people who are light workers, but they kind of operate in the ethers, right? They're not really here in their bodies, but we're having a human experience. And we want to make this work practical and grounded. So as a human, it's easy to go, yes, there's more available to me. I'm going to start inviting my soul in more, which is probably one of the most powerful things listeners can do right now Mm -hmm. in this moment. Invite spirit in. Yes, I'd like to cultivate a relationship with my true essence and see what happens in your life and world, especially over the next 24 to 48 hours. Because once you initiate it, things start shifting. Because the universe, when it's asked a question, will always respond. We just need to learn to start noticing how Mm. it does that. Often looks like a conversation with somebody, or a book falls off a shelf, or you're invited into an event, and you're like, whoa, this is something different than I've ever experienced before. And that's how the universe operates, right? It operates through other people. It's always supporting you, always guiding you. And it's always been there. One of the Can you reiterate I- that phrase um, about inviting I am, or I am ready? Like if somebody goes, actually, I do want to do that. I do want to in- let the universe know that I'm ready to get to know. I can't remember the wording you used. What was the wording? Invi- I'm ready to invite. Uh, I would just say something along the lines of like, dear universe, please help me to open my heart to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to go into a deeper relationship with the truth of who I am. Love it. Okay. Thank you so much. Again, you know, like often too, when I'm working with clients, I can measure how much they're actually allowing God's source energy into their physical body. Because when you do that, right, like your energy is going to start shifting. It's great for your health. It's really good for your peace of mind. Like we're talking about frequency here. Mm. So you get to feel good. Life becomes very blissful and peaceful and you can feel yourself emitting that vibration. And when there's less resistance, right, when there's less of the mind in the way, you start opening up and that's when amazing things happen really quickly. And I'm sure some of your listeners, you know, one of the stories I talk about was like how to get your ego out of the way. I was invited to an event once where I didn't want to go. I was really tired and I was like, oh, I have to drive for half an hour to get there. But I asked my intuition, if I go, will this bring me profit? Now, profit to me is not just cash. It's also 
energy, right? It's abundance, it's feelings, it's connections, it's creation. And the answer I got was just yes, that was it. So I peeled my my butt off the sofa and I drove into the city and I went and I had a great time. I met new people. It was great art. I got invited out to dinner with a bunch of new people, which was super fun. No expectations. But from that, as it worked out, I ended up taking on two new clients and that was worth about $6,000 to me at the time. So just from me asking my intuition, trusting it, Mm -hmm. following through on it, and not having any expectations of how it should look, right? Which is a process which is all beyond the mind. And when we do those kind of things consistently, you'd have to agree that it's a way more effective business model than going, I need to spend $2,000 to put a funnel in place Mm -hmm. when I can just go out for dinner, right? And again, it's like, what would you prefer? What's more enjoyable? Trusting yourself, knowing yourself and following through on that or going through the mind and making it more complicated. It's a choice. Trusting yourself, knowing yourself, and following through. So, so good. So many um, interesting aspects and concepts for people to ponder today. So, um, yeah, let, let's, let's, I, what I invite people to do is whatever resonates with you, see if it feels right and integrate that into your life, whether that be asking that question and inviting the universe to help you get to know your soul's calling more, or doing that thing that I mentioned earlier, saying from Rebecca, I am safe, relaxed, and awesome. Whatever it might be, take one or two things away from today. Don't just listen and be like, that was interesting. I'm all about empowered action and helping you to up your brave during this very fascinating time that we're all living through. So Rebecca, I've got some questions for you. If you were to truly up your brave in 2024, what would you do? Uh, What I'm choosing is vulnerability, right? Vulnerability. And I actually had an amazing experience of that last night going to a workshop and being, you know, crying in front of a complete stranger, right? Being vulnerable about yeah. something that for me and allowing yourself to be seen. And it was really beautiful because it was a really nice reflection of the work that I do for myself, which is that I felt completely safe doing that, not judged. And he was completely lovely and said, you know, wow, that was incredible at the end of the session. So vulnerability I think is what people are craving you know it can feel scary but that's always the mind because when you come into your soul self it's easy to be vulnerable yeah so that's what I'm choosing is there anything specific that you are longing for or feel called to create in 2024 possibly something we can help you with uh I'm actually looking at writing a book and I have clients who are like come on Rebecca where is it (laughs) which is great I really love and appreciate that because I think it's really valuable information I know it's not going to just be one book but there will be several but to go deeper into sharing the fact that it gets to be easier when you're willing to trust yourself that there's nothing external it's all internal and when you shift that focus because a lot of people think oh, that's going to make me selfish focusing on myself. Right. Well, it's about priority. It's about you making a relationship with the truth or source energy or love or your heart, whatever you want to call it, a priority because from there, everything is going to flow. And that's a really beautiful thing. Like you being in love with you is the best gift that you can offer other people because then they will be like, 
my goodness, how are you doing that? You become the demonstration of what's possible for others. And that's really beautiful. And that you just being you is the gift. So I'm leaning into more of in 2024. And it's a magical year already. Like there's so many shifts. It's incredible in terms of, you know, moving into age of Aquarius and things like that and change and people who have been working away doing light work for a long time. It's going to be really prevalent this year that we're going to have to start using more of our consciousness, especially as things like AI start coming on board, the need to go in deeper into our own true self is going to become more prevalent. Great. I love, I love getting some thoughts about what you're expecting to see um, coming forward. What else, what is coming up for you in terms of your own um, business or activities or travel or whatever you're up to in the next few months? And how can people connect with you? How can they reach out um, let us know your website and your socials. Uh, 2024 September, I'm actually going back to the States, which will be fun. Traveling across country again, following my intuition, um, doing a retreat in Greece in 2025. So Amazing. that's exciting. Um, in regards to my work, I have my signature program, which is always open, which is intuitive mastery, which is really helping to go from the journey of like shifting from the mind and into the soul, packing up from the mind and moving into a new tropical location called your soul. <laughs> so intuitive mastery is the doors to that, uh, always open so uh, in terms of connecting with me my website is www.rebeccadavison davison spelled d-a-i-v i-s-o-n d-a-i-v-i-s-o-n dot life so rebeccadavison.life if people want to start activating some frequencies in terms of stepping into ideal reality i have a free gift at rebeccadavison.life forward slash ideal which is about helping people to connect to their abundant future identity of course which is all possible from soul frequencies doing money from your soul so much easier than doing it from your mind and as an ex-banker I feel like I can speak to that with some credibility mm. yeah like when I was in banking like even looking back now I go oh my god I can't believe I allowed myself to be limited like that mm -hmm. That was my awareness at the time. So. Amazing. So what do you mean by in terms of free gift? I imagine it's a digital, like a PDF or a download. Is that what you're talking about? It's an audio download. Ooh, so. I love. Okay, even better. An audio download. They can find it on the, your homepage of your website? No, you have to put forward slash ideal. Got it. Forward slash ideal, everybody, if you want to get that. Sounds amazing. Awesome. Okay. And what about socials or LinkedIn? Um, oh, I don't even know what my LinkedIn is off the top of my head. Um, I can provide you with those links, though. I'm probably mostly in my Facebook group on Facebook, which is Intuitive Life Academy for Divine Feminine Leaders. <laughs> and I have another Facebook group, Elegant Wealth. So we talk specifically to money, Elegant Wealth with Rebecca Davison. So I can give you those links. That's just amazing. Dot life on Instagram as well. Okay, so lots of links, you guys. You can check it out. She's if you look up Rebecca Davison, no D, sorry, no extra D, Davison, not Davidson. Um, you can look her up on Instagram. I will grab those links from you. I will put them on the replay page, which will be on the app or realitycheck.radio. You can literally go to the search, you guys, and type in Rebecca Davison and it'll come up. That's probably the easiest way to find it. Amazing. Before we wrap things up, Rebecca, is there anything else you'd love to share with our audience today? Uh, I think one of the 
most simplest things that keeps your focus in the right place is to have like you had your mantra before like forget everything but love if you are in that place your life will unfold beautifully the trick is learning how to stay there Mm. because your soul is love frequency it just is right it loves itself it is i'm going to say to myself come on nat align to the love when i have to remind myself and bring myself back in if i'm getting a bit judgy (laughs) yeah and it happens right so we want to have compassion for ourselves but we want to choose like i have a choice in this moment who am i going to be i'm going to be who i am which is love so i'm going to choose love and love also means boundaries right i could talk about that a whole other day but um yeah forget everything but love it makes it simple what a great note to end on thank you so much rebecca for sharing your wisdom and insight today thank you so much for having me natalie i really appreciate the work that you do your platform is phenomenal so appreciate you and having this conversation today Amazing. And thank you, everyone, for listening. So much goodness in that interview with Rebecca Davison on a line with the divine to live your soul desires. In this interview, we talked about how your body knows the truth. Just listen to it. And also, we talked about intuitive mastery, from chasing to embracing, having a phrase like, I am safe, relaxed, and awesome. <laughs> you can learn more at rebeccadavison.life. She's got coaching and various programs that you can tap into to help you in this area. You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Up Your Brave show with Natalie Cutler-Welsh. We've had two incredible guests on so far. And we're at the stage in the show where sometimes I give you a third interview and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I mix it up. And today we're mixing it up with a sneak peek of an interview that is coming up in full next week. I'm talking to I'm talking to Tanya Kravchenko, uh, The Jelly Bean Theory. This is the title of her new book. And we're talking about financial literacy and mindset. Here it is. What happened for me is I um, woke up one morning six years ago and wrote, probably seven years ago, and wrote 3,000 words. I never knew I was an author. I started off journaling every day. And then the next morning, the same thing happened. I wrote 3,000 words. And it was all about money what is it about is it to make how do you make it happy you know yourself happy with money and I'd been through a a sad separation and I thought you know what money does not make you happy it's actually what you do in life with it yeah and that's why my book came about so I wanted to teach the young people that you know if you do what you love the money will come And that's what happened for me. I've always loved doing accounting, always loved working with clients, and I've also loved um, making big changes. And no matter where I've worked or played or talked, that's what comes out of me. And now it's in the book form, and now I want to teach it in schools. So I went to Manarewa High, my high school, talked to the head of the alumni. At the time on the board was John Hines from Hines Pipes, and he said, Tanya, I'll give you $3,000 and you can print 100 books Mm. for the children in the school because they don't have mentors like you did. And I didn't know what he meant till I went into that classroom and taught. And I'm like, I was so grateful I had mentors that I did. And it was my mum and dad. And there's only two things they told me every day was I love you 
and there's no such word as can't. In other words, you can do it. What a foundation. Yeah, you don't need money for that, Natalie, as you know, being a parent. Um, And if someone believes in you and sees the beauty that's within and what's possible, you can do anything. And the money just comes. It's come my whole life. Um, In my book, when I was 25, I won First Division Lotto with my husband. (laughs) And at the time, I needed $3,000 to pay my brother for a car. And I was, you know, wishing for it or manifesting, whatever you want to call it. Some some people say praying, but it came. I got, but I got lotto. I got more than the three thousand dollars. I had enough money to buy a home um, for basically cash in Epsom, and that was the start of my money journey, my big money journey with my husband at twenty-five. Wow. Well, that's amazing. I mean, that's something that everyone kind of dreams of or aspires to is is to win lotto. How did that work out for you? You know, a lot of people say oh, a year later, it's all gone. I mean, obviously you put it into a house. That was a good move. Uh, and that's me. I always put it into bricks and mortar. I put the whole lot into it, into bricks and mortar. And my husband and I borrowed money. I've got my MX-5 convertible. I've still got today. And he bought his Holden. And um, we bought our furniture and things like that. We also partied solidly for two weeks, and I got hives all over my body, and I had to stop drinking wine, and um, (laughs) it was not good. But he wanted to carry on partying, and I said, no, I want to do more. And sadly, we parted, and um, I was fortunate to meet my second husband who taught me the best thing in life you can ever be taught, and that the only limiting factor in your life is time. Interesting perspective. Yeah, It's not money, it's time. And, you know, if we all did time budgets first, then the money budget, do you know what will happen? You'll get both. Mm. Tell me more about that. Like if someone's thinking, well, that's, for number one for me, that's intriguing. I'm intrigued by the concept of a time budget. What does that look like exactly? Like I'm very much into priorities, like, prior, you know, put the time where your priorities are, the things that bring you joy or the things that are important to you. How do you do a time budget, just briefly in a few minutes? So briefly, okay, you're 24 hours in a day, Natalie, and your first thing you should concentrate on is sleep. That's eight hours potentially, so that's a third gone, okay? Mathematician here. (laughs) Second thing is um, usually work, okay? Now, if those two are not in sync, as you know what happens in life, Sleep might be less and work might be double, mm. depends what's going on. Then you've got 66% of your time gone. So only a third is left for everything else you want to do in your life. And I'm the opposite. I want to spend 66% on the good stuff and a third on sleep. And if work can come in and as last and be passive income, um, then you don't have to work it. And that's why I chose bricks and mortar because I grew my wealth through bricks and mortar. While I was sleeping, house prices were going up. Yeah. So unfortunately, it's gone crazy and hard for some to buy a home now, but I still think it's possible. Anything's possible if you really put your mind to it. Well, your attitude is amazing. And a lot of people kind of veer away from the financial discussions because it's uncomfortable or they feel like they they don't understand it or it's confusing. So let's go back to the name of your book. And I'd love to ask you, what is the jelly bean theory? Okay, I'll read it out to you, Natalie, and I want you to answer for me, okay? 
So the theory is, if I gave you a jar of jelly beans and said, this is all the money you will have in your lifetime, what would you do with it? Um, I would probably divide it into like three category, three other baby jars, you know, like a, a I mean, you know, the spend, the save and the splurge. Is that the other one? I've, I've heard of that as a parenting thing, what they can do with their allowance. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. If you had no fears, what would you do with it? Um, I would put it where in a place, you know, meaning invest it or spend it in a place where I feel like it's going to have the most expansive impact for people because I'm super obsessed with um, creating impact and helping humanity. Okay. Anything else? What's the big riskiest thing you would do? I don't know. This is a great question because honestly, I'm like, I have no idea. I'm just thinking on the spot. Um, I mean, I would love to create a holistic health healing center with all the people that know all about those things. Um, so I guess I would maybe go Brooks and Mortar. I maybe would create like a physical place, a center of sorts, maybe like more of a retreat type place that people can come to for like a weekend of healing where different, pra- oh, I'm now I'm building it on the spot. Now different pract- and different practitioners would come in for different events and, and such. Um, that's probably what I would do. Did you see how your mindset changed? Yeah. <laughs> well, I first I went for questions. <laughs> yep. Now you went into auto mode. Then you went into, um, I'm really thinking about what I want. And then you went into heart centered mode. Yeah. And that's what I teach. Nice. Listen to your heart. What's your heart saying to you? I can call it soul, but kids understand heart, right? And you know what really makes you wake up and get out of bed every day and makes a smile on your dial, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just paying a mortgage off. I tell you that for free. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Mm. That was cool because I, you know, and I literally said, ooh, ooh, I'm creating on the spot, meaning I was kind of, and I'm visual, so I see this vision of this retreat or center. and But um, yeah, which is a tangent of something I've already thought of, but because you were asking me and we didn't pre-rehearse, it was just me in the moment. So thank you for the question and the space to answer Can I just propose it. something to you? A school can be in the cloud. A retreat can be in the cloud. It does I not know, but I love, I know. I know. It's I know. all changed now. I know. And if we want to have expansive impact, obviously doing it online in the cloud. But honestly, I feel like I want to come back to old school, in-person, actual. Then you can borrow that piece of paradise just saying when you when you go out there as a seven-year-old and think you know what I'm gonna have a Ferrari this, this was me I want a red Ferrari right I've never wanted a car like I've never been like oh I'm gonna have an Alfa Romeo when I grow up I've never like, had the vision of anyway carry it'll on come. it'll come at the right time there's a perfect <laughs> timing for everything but I, I was tweaked by a friend that came to visit my dad he had a Mercedes I thought Mm, my dad's got a Holden. What's a Mercedes? You know, that looks really cool. And yeah, I love a magpie. They call me and I like shiny things. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It does not matter. You can give me a label. It does not matter as long as it makes you happy. You're doing what you want. And that's all that matters. Forget about anything anyone ever calls you. You have to ditch that. Just stay true to you. And that's what, with my mum passing last year in August, she taught me that. She goes, I said, mum, would you do anything different? And she said, no. Nothing, no regrets. And to live a life like that is pretty amazing. At 24, she was a mother of 
four children at 24. One was 10 and one was, I think my brother was two. Four children at 24. I said, Mum, I was travelling the world at 24, you know. Mm. Yeah. Just thinking about me being completely selfish, you know. Well, absolutely. And I'm sorry to hear about your mom. And I'm just sitting with it because I interviewed somebody else this morning and she also lost her mom last year. And I know a lot of people are going through this. So I would love to send big love to you, Tanya. And anyone else in our audience, and there will be many, who has recently lost their mom, especially a mom like yours, who it's like, imagine dying with no regrets. Like that is, I would, that's something I aspire to. You've heard the words open, fair, both sides of the story. It's easy to say them, but practicing them often seems like a bridge too far. New Zealand, it's time for a reality check. Reality check. RCR, Reality Check Radio. Rational discussion, common sense, and open debate for real. With me, Paul Brennan. You know, you just can't make this stuff up. You couldn't write the script. Veteran broadcaster Peter Williams. Where is the evidence they actually make a difference? It turns out that was a very fair question to ask. Taking on the mainstream, Chantel Baker. Mainstream media, as usual, in their little perch. The man who cares so much and whose background is for real, Rodney Hyde. The doctors don't believe them. They can't get ACC. They can't work. They're told it's all in their head. Along with a raft of contributors to inform, entertain and bring the truth back to New Zealand media. It's time for a reality check, all right. RCR, Reality Check Radio at www.realitycheck.radio. We've arrived. You can learn more about Tanya at her website, www.thejellybeantheory.com. You can see all the show notes and get the rest of her links. Next up, we're going to go to a flashback. This is something from the past that we've aired in full. And now I'm going to just share with you an audio clip, the one that I've chosen, given the importance of providing feedback and sharing your story about the COVID inquiry. I've chosen a flashback uh, with Peter Pham, who is a human rights specialist lawyer. We spoke on empowerment, law, and living with truth. And here's a little taste of his interview. And of course, you can get the full thing on the replay page. COVID-19 rolls around and I'm speaking out about the public health directives, the vaccine mandates. Um, I'm doing work on the side and I'm writing articles and posting them online about how what the government is doing is not lawful, which I still believe. They were academic articles. They weren't um, controversial. I wasn't trying to be inflammatory. I was saying, here's what the law says. Here's what the government's doing. And here's why it doesn't actually align with the precedent that's been around for more than 100 years in terms of the the law in this area. Um, But when one of those articles went quite viral, um, I started getting complaints made to my employer and pulled into disciplinary meetings. And once again, I was faced with this scenario where I had a choice to make between being authentic, um, speaking the truth, being myself, or compromising, because in this case, I wanted to keep my job or I wanted to keep a secure income or whatever. And I knew, because um, I've, I've been faced with that choice before between what's right versus what's secure or what's easy. And I know that if you make the secure, easy choice, 
uh, for me, it leads to depression because I'm not living in alignment with who I actually am. And that's not much of a choice for me anymore because I've tasted what that's like. So I have to take the hard road um, and do what I know is right. And in this, in that case, I decided I couldn't work for any of the human rights practices. I had to start my own practice that didn't rely on government funding. And that's I started my arts method, which is the firm that I run now. Um, my art, as you said, Natalie, at the start, is the deity, the comedic deity, which is ancient Egypt, ancient Egyptian spiritual framework um, that represents truth. Now, in ancient Egypt, truth is not something that is divorced from reality. Truth and justice are the same thing, and it's like a string that exists in everything. It can't be extrapolated from our existence here. We can sort of distract ourselves from it, but it's always there. And my job and the way that I see my job is that I'm not necessarily a lawyer within the legal system that currently exists because the legal system that currently exists is corrupted and broken and poisoned. And like all of the other systems we're currently living in is out of balance with the core foundational principles that our species as human beings has upheld as sacred for hundreds of thousands of years. That's not my priority. I work in that system, but my priority, my role is I'm a lawman. I'm a keeper of law, which is how the ancient Egyptians saw lawyers. And it's not just my ancestors, the ancient Egyptians. All of our ancestors um, had very similar um, societal and cultural norms that were followed, including legal systems that operated not as a sort of separate building that you go to to solve disputes in, but as an intrinsic element of the social and cultural framework that all of our ancestors lived in. Um, so as a lawman, my job is to uphold, defend and advocate for that truth and maybe to remind people sometimes of what that truth is. Um, but everybody has that inside of them. Everybody has a tether to that truth that I'm talking about. Um, we've just been conditioned to forget about it and to live in a way that keeps us kind of looking through a distorted glass at it rather than actually in communion with it. Um, so that's a truncated, clumsy version of <laughs> how I got here. <laughs> well, there's so much in that. There's so many th ways we could go with that. I'll start at the, at the very end. I think, yeah, one of the positives, I suppose, that has come out of the last three to four years is that now more people have been ignited to, as you say, uphold, defend, and advocate for truth. Like the truth that's within them, but that's never really been challenged maybe to the same extent before. Did you see a lot of Australians like in the circles that you were in or the geographical place that you were in during the past three to four years, did you see a lot of Australians yourself really rising up and starting to advocate for truth as well, like you were? Yeah. Were you kind of on uh your own? No, uh, yeah, there's a huge um, awakening going on. Everybody's aware of it. You know, there's green shoots everywhere. I think that Australia is a nation of people who are um, quite desensitised from truth. And even the, the context of what Australia is means that most people have never faced these uncomfortable questions before. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a human rights lawyer before COVID, and I only say that because some people really focus on the last three years. But the last three years is an intensification of something that was going on long before that, as you know, and I'm sure most of your viewers know as well. Um, 
in Australia, there is, you know, the awakening is happening. There are communities of people springing up. There are alternative systems springing up. Everybody kind of knows now that the government is corrupt. Um, there are transnational corporations and bureaucratic conglomerates trying to push humanity in a particular direction, pursuant to a particular plan. That's very apparent to everybody. Um, for some people, it's just a case of, and you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to get into the the what's causing this. Is there some big story of some big plan? You can just think about the the context of our own lives and you look at the way that we live. And this is how I kind of um, started to question the things around me. I was like, this doesn't really make sense. Why is the water that we're drinking, the air that we breathe, um, the food that we eat not fit for human consumption? Why do we live sedentary lifestyles that literally disable us and and um, stop us from living the mobile, active lives that we're supposed to live as human beings? Why are we increasingly isolated, increasingly reliant on technology, having these conversations over video call? I do it as well. But this is not the way that we're supposed to be living. And you talk to any elder from any tribe that retains some of the ancient knowledge and they can trace back to systems, societies, and cultures. And you have to go back pretty far because people don't like it when I talk about this. Um, and they say, oh, this is the most advanced human society that's ever existed. Oh, right. Um, that's like, that is a, um, a myth that is propagated to make us more um, willing to comply with the systems that we're currently trapped within. We are living as diluted forms of our true selves. And luckily, we all feel enough of our power that we can't really be convinced anymore that we're not powerful. But there's still a lot of remembering for us to do in terms of who we actually are, what we're actually capable of, how we're actually supposed to be living. And we all get a little sense of that when we go to the beach and connect with nature for a little while or we um, engage in certain practices like fasting or meditation or gardening or exercise, things that everybody does and feels better when they do and begins to understand a little bit more about um, the disconnect in what we do most of the time that maybe doesn't serve us versus the type of lifestyles that we could be living that would empower us to not actually settle for anything that's currently going on in society. I think a lot of people, hopefully more and more daily, see that, that, uh, but not everyone does, you know, that we have in a way been dumbed down or suppressed. Um, and interesting what you said earlier before, if you hadn't followed your own path, if you were to just go along with it and, and um, compromise and live out of alignment, you would have ended up depressed. Well, a lot of people do. And then what happens? They end up on pharmaceuticals. And and so it is. They're a lifelong customer. So it, it's an interesting if we can just bring ourselves back or have the courage to live in alignment and to say no or to not compromise our values. And I think more people have done that in the last um more and more, you know, over the last few years. But um it's been it's been a, something coming a long time coming, I think, for people to realize how we have been suppressed in a way. Um, let's talk about the overarching topic today is I'm calling it empowerment law and living with truth. How do you think we can be more empowered then as a society? Some of us knowing and some of us not knowing that we've been dumbed down in a way. Um, how can we live and be more empowered going forward? Wow. What a question. Um, 
I think that it's just listening to the voice inside. Um, as soon as every time you know what you're supposed to do in a situation and you actually do it, which takes courage because usually there's some resistance. Like a great example is the last three years, obviously. You know, a lot of us were in situations where if you didn't get a particular drug, you were ostracized from society, you lost your job, um, maybe your relationship, your close relationships were, were damaged. Um, there was a lot of resistance to doing what you believe to be right and true. But every single person I know who made the choice that aligns with what they knew to be true does not regret it. Mm. And it's it's like a snowball rolling down a hill. In my own experience, that choice of doing what's right was much more difficult the first few times I made it. I was terrified. Oh, my God, what's going to happen? But once I showed myself that I was capable of doing what I believed to be true, the feedback that I received from the universe or source or God or whatever you want to call it was so powerful. And we're talking about empowerment. True empowerment is doing what you know is right, irrespective of the consequences. Because when you show yourself that you can do that, it gets easier and easier and easier. And not only that, your life actually gets better because even if there are some short-term material consequences, you begin living more in alignment with what you actually believe in and who you actually are, which, as we said before, is much, much, much more pleasurable and less painful than the alternative. Because like when I was a lawyer, uh, and I'm still a lawyer, but when I was a lawyer in the big firms, I used to go to the senior lawyers and ask them, do you like your job? Like, are you happy? Because I was trying to decide what to do. Like, do you, are you enjoying this? And they would always give me this complicated answer. It was always very similar where they would, they would say, oh, look, uh, it's very stressful. I don't see my family very often. Um, I've got this health problem and this health problem. Um, I don't get to exercise as much as I would like. And they'd list all these negative things. And then they'd say, oh, but the money's good or, oh, but, uh, but it's comfortable. Or they'd give me this little thing that I didn't care about as the reason why they're doing the job. And then when they said all of that, I'd look at them and I could just see etched in the lines in their face and their posture and their whole energy, just how unhappy and dissatisfied they were. And you can only live in that state for so long. You know, whether it's in the course of this one life or in the course of your entire existence as a, as a being, as a soul, you can only live in a way that's not aligned with who you are for so long. There has to be a correction. And it's kind of like what's happening with our society right now. There's a huge correction that's going on on a global scale. We've gone so far down the road of um, misalignment, disconnection, disempowerment, that the correction is looking like it might be quite drastic. But nonetheless, the correction is inevitable because there's an actual frequency of truth of ma'at that runs through society. We can't get too far. Like, further we get away, the more the resistance is that's going to snap us back. What a brilliant interview with a brilliant man. And you can go and check out the replay um, on the app or also on realitycheck.radio on the replays. I love how he said, we are living as diluted forms of our true selves. Gosh, that you really feel that. I actually feel that's true, but hopefully not for long. I feel like we are rising up and we are stepping into our own power in 2024 more than ever before. That is my take. I know I'm known for my optimism, but um, <laughs> let's see how the year pans out. 
Thanks for tuning in to RCR, Reality Check Radio. If you like what you're listening to, or even if you don't agree with what you're listening to, then get in touch with us now. You can text us with your message to 2057, that's 2057. Or if you'd rather email us, you can at inbox at realitycheck.radio. We would love to hear from you, so get in touch with us now. RCR is on a mission to revive Honest Media, and now you too can be an integral part of it by joining the RCR Foundation Members Club. Receive exclusive benefits only available to club members, including your own backstage pass to join the hosts for interactive behind-the-scenes discussions, along with our all-new daily curated news summary, RCR Bytes, that's delivered to your email box every morning, keeping you on the pulse of the news that matters in just a few minutes per day. To find out more, visit realitycheck.radio members to see how you can join the mission that's making a difference. Making a difference. Well, everybody, that is our show. That is the Up Your Brave show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm hoping to be with you again on Friday if you want to listen in 1 to 4 p.m. to the weekly wrap-up where I'm going to share audio clips and also some of my commentary, some reflections and thoughts, as well as reminders about when you can listen to all the replays. I'll be doing that on the weekly wrap-up on Friday, 1 till 4. Just a little reminder, again, I've got my giveaway on. You can possibly win one of three prizes, so go ahead and enter by sending the word giveaway, including your phone number. Um, Well, it'll come up if you text us, but also your email to 2057, or you can look for the posts on social media about my giveaway in honor of uh, Women's International Day coming up. Also, for those of you around the country who have a business, um, get in touch and have a look at my Empowered Connections Networking Club. Ooh, and I forgot to mention, I also just launched the details for my Connect in the Forest, Elevated Connections and Reflections for Expansive Impact, my Connect in the Forest Business Retreat, which is a winter retreat happening in June. You can find that and more on upyourbrave.com. It has been so amazing to share with you today incredible guests, some great a great flashback and a lovely sneak peek of what's coming up next week. It is my true honor to be here with you weekly sharing the wisdom that these people have to share with you. But I want to remind you, you too have wisdom. You have so much wisdom and strength within you, even to just still be standing after what we've all been through. I want to honor you for that. And I also want to send you love because I know everybody out there has people in their life. Maybe it's you, maybe it's close ones to you that are going through a hard time. And I want to send you love for that as well. Sometimes upping your brave is just getting out of bed, and other times it is doing something a little bit more uh, obvious. But whatever it means to you, I wish you well. And the question that I ask all my guests, I would love if anyone wants to message me back and tell me their answer. And here's the question. If you were to truly up your brave in 2024, what would you do? I'm going to leave you with that. See you next week. You've been listening to Up Your Brave with Natalie Cutler-Welsh on RCR, Reality Check Radio.